0: All right, if you will, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 28. Acts 28, we are beginning the final chapter of the book of Acts, and we're only going to be in this chapter for two weeks. So next Sunday, we will be finishing our two-year trek through the book of Acts. Um, and uh, it, it's a bittersweet uh Feeling When you get to the end of a book that you've preached through for that long of time, uh, this is the longest time I've ever spent in a book. Um, John, I think, was about 18 months. Um, but this has been this has been great. I have thoroughly enjoyed studying and preparing these sermons and just the amount of time that, that we have just dove into the book of Acts has just been so fruitful, especially in my life. And I hope it has been in your life as well. But in two weeks, um, it is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, January 16th. So after we finish the book of Acts, we're going to take one Sunday. We're going to focus our attention on the Sanctity of Human Life. And then the the Sunday after, we're going to start a new sermon series. Um, we're going to be going through the pastoral epistles. Uh, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. Uh, We're going to take probably the next year to a year and a half, maybe two years. I don't know how long. I've already planned through 1st Timothy and it's going to take us the majority of this year to get through 1st Timothy. But our plan is to go through these epistles and to look at what it means to be a healthy church. What does a healthy church look like? And and the pastoral epistles, they speak so much to it. Paul, as he writes to Timothy and even to Titus, he's giving them pastoral guidance in how to lead their churches. And uh, so I'm excited. Um, and so please, you know, you know, make plans to be a part of that. We're starting that in just a, a couple weeks. But this Wednesday night, we're starting a new Bible study series through the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Uh, this Wednesday night, we're going to start looking at what what that what what it means to be a Baptist. What 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 do we believe? What is our confession? And so, uh, please come starting this Wednesday night, six thirty. The adults will be in in the sanctuary here, and we're going to start that series through that. And that's going to take you know the majority of this year as well. All right. So Acts twenty eight. If you're there, say word. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 16. So if you will, go ahead and stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Verses 1 through 16. After we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness... "...who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed." After three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria, with the twin gods as a figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up, and on the second day, we came to Puteoli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. Finally, we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Appius in three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. Lord, I pray that you will add a blessing upon it. open up the truth to what we need to hear. Help us to be encouraged this morning. We ask all this in your son's precious name we pray, amen. You may be seated. The title of my message this morning is called, Our Suffering, Our Good, His Glory. Now we spoke last Sunday, and you know, this is where we, 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 we left off. They encountered a shipwreck. We looked at all of Acts 27 last week, all 44 verses, and it was a great story of God providentially protecting the people even in the midst of a shipwreck. When we saw Paul's suffering, we saw God's sovereignty, and we saw how last week our only hope in a life that is filled with storms is found in the sovereignty of God. Why is that? Because God is in complete control. God works out all things for our good and for his glory, even our suffering. And so this morning, I want to continue that topic a little bit. I want to take a look at how that is encouraging to us. Now, one thing that I'm learning, guys, as a young pastor, and I know I've got a lot to learn. I am nowhere near where I need to be. Even though I've been here for almost six years, I still tell people I have no idea what I'm doing. And most of y'all can say amen to that. And only a couple of y'all giggled. That scares me. But I, one thing that I have learned as a young pastor, everybody is suffering. Everybody is. Everybody is dealing with something. Everybody is struggling with something. Everybody that walks through our doors on Sunday mornings is suffering in some capacity. There's not one person in this room who can honestly say without a doubt that they have no problems in this life. Not one person in this room except for maybe my four-year-old, even though he won't. Man, my four-year-old, he will cry sometimes and complain. Even my seven-year-old will. And it's like, life is hard. I'm like, buddy, we feed you. We clothe you. You ain't got a thing to worry about. We pay for your health insurance. We take you. We're your chauffeurs. You've got it made. But yet, even they're struggling with something. Life is hard even for a four-year-old, right? But church, everybody in here, we're all struggling with something. But the thing, one thing we can be encouraged with this morning, and this is something we need to be reminded of daily. God does not save us from suffering. In fact, when we look all through our scripture, we see Jesus who does not promise us a life free of suffering. He instead promises a life of suffering. We are going to suffer in this life. But the good thing is, is that he works within our suffering. He works within our suffering. So here's the, here's today's truth. Here's what I want you to get from this morning's message. God works within our suffering for our good and his glory. I mean, that was the title, right? But God, he sovereignly providentially works within our suffering for our good and his glory. He is, he's, he's a hands-on kind of God. He's not the one that's going to sit back and just kind of watch things unfurl. He's going to put his hands in the middle of it and he's going to make it work out how he wants it to. It may not be how we want it to. We may not be happy with how it plays out. We may not be happy with how our circumstances play out but we need to rest in assurance that God who sovereignly works out all those things is doing it according to his good and purposeful plan. And I know that times, man, that's, that hurts. Like a lot of times we wish we were God, man. Like I, I would play that out a little bit differently. I think it was Timothy Keller who once said that if we knew everything God knew, we would be praying for the things that we need a little bit differently. See, God works within our suffering for our good and his glory. And we see this here. We see that these men, these prisoners, and even these soldiers are shipwrecked on an island called Malta. Now, I love and I'm interested as to why Luke did not refer to this, but Malta actually means refuge. This is a place of refuge. And it's exactly what it ended up being. Now, <clears throat> during this time, it's not unusual for islanders to be cannibals or inhumane or mean like they could have easily have been shipwrecked on an island in which these guys are going to come out and they're going to kill them. But instead, God sovereignly allows them to be shipwrecked on an island called refuge. And that's exactly what they were given. In verse two, Luke tells us the native people showed us unusual kindness. I like it when he says unusual kindness why is it unusual because we were not expecting it <laughs> we were expecting to be hauled off and t- and tied up and probably killed but instead they give us an unusual kindness they kindled a fire we're all soaking wet and they decide to warm us up they kindle a fire and and, and it has begun to rain and it's cold and, and but yet they're taking care of us this is my first point as we trust God in the midst of our suffering. Number one, God cares for us in the midst of our suffering. As he works within our suffering for our good and his glory, church, we can be reminded of his care for us. Sometimes when we go through storms or, or when we struggle, we feel like God's got it out for me. He's mad at me. We did something wrong and he's out to get me. Check out, check out verse three. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. You know what fastened means? It doesn't mean the viper wrapped himself around the hand. It means he latched on. The viper bit him. Poisonous. Do you know they don't have anti-venom back then? Basically, you get bit by a snake like this, you're dead. It's just going to happen. Verse 4, when the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one, an- one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. These islanders, they're, they're these pagans. They, they 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 believe in a type of karma. You've heard that, right? You've heard about karma. I, the universe is dealing me these cards because of something that I've done wrong. That's what these islanders are thinking about Paul is, 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 is the universe does not want him to get away with whatever it is that he's getting away with. He obviously is evil. He obviously is a criminal. He obviously needs to be taken care of. So the universe sends a snake to bite him in the hand to kill him. Church, let me tell you something. That's not how God works. A lot of times we feel like we're going through suffering because God's out to get us or because the universe is out to get us. Now, don't get me wrong. There is discipline in the Bible. Hebrews does tell us that God does discipline us in our sin. But not every act of suffering is an act of discipline. A lot of times our acts of suffering are trials and storms that God's using to help us grow. And we need to be reminded, church, that in the midst of those things, God cares for us. What happens? Verse 5. He, Paul, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. It's a man's man right there. Gets bit by a snake. He's just looking at it. Everybody else is freaking out and he just shakes it off. Church, I'm not trying to tell you to go out and start handling snakes. We're not that kind of church. You're not going to see me bring that out. And I'm not going to encourage you to go test that out. But why is it that Paul does not encounter suffering from that viper why is it that he does not encounter death from this viper because god is sovereignly protecting him from that and is sovereignly caring for him in the midst of this paul tells us in philippians 4 that he provides for our every need philippians 4 19 and my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in christ jesus God, in the midst of this situation, provides safety and security. He pro- Church, he provides peace in our anxieties. Can Can I just go ahead and say that? A lot of people here this morning are anxious. Because of 2020, because of the current climate we are living in, anxiety is at a new all-time high. I've got a friend of mine who is a counselor and one of the, one of the main things that she counsels are children who are struggling with anxiety and depression. And she sees it every day and she told me it is outrageous the amount of children that are coming to her now. But church, we need to be reminded that as God cares for us in our suffering, He is the one who provides for all of our needs. He provides peace in our anxieties. He also provides strength in our weakness. Many of you here this morning have walked through our doors and you are tired. And you're wore out. And you feel that weakness, you feel that, 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 that you don't know where to go or what to do, whatever it is you're dealing with this morning, you're just exhausted. We rest in the strength that God provides because just as the people have been shipwrecked on an island called Malta, meaning refuge, we too can find refuge in our Savior and Lord. Psalm 91, 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He cares for us so much. He is our refuge and strength. Church, these prisoners and guards did not deserve the kindness that the people of Malta were giving to them. In fact, The people of Malta were showing a type of kindness that God gives us. And we can even learn from these pagan people. We as believers can learn from these pagan people that we are also called to show that kind of care and hospitality to others in the midst of their suffering. This is why being part of a church body is so important. When we suffer, we suffer together. We, our church has dealt with so much heartache in the past six months. I'll even say in the past two years. Our church has dealt with so much heartache. So many people within our church have lost some very close loved ones just recently. But what's been great, church, is seeing the people and the families and, 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 and the ministries within our church tackle that by showing hospitality and care by providing meals, cards, gifts, phone calls, visits, encouragement. Church, we are called to show that kind of care in the midst of suffering. Hebrews 13:2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. In 1 Peter 4, 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. God is showing care to Paul and to the people here. The islanders are showing care to Paul and the people here. Not because they deserve it. Not because they have earned it only because of the grace that God provides. Church, we are called to show that kind of care also. We see that Paul is being delivered from this suffering. Church, how amazing it is to imagine a time of being delivered from suffering. And in this world, a lot of our suffering we will be delivered from. But can we be honest? Some of our suffering in this world, we won't be delivered from until the next world. Until eternity. And even God shows his care for us in that. He shows his care for us in continuing to strengthen us as we suffer and are in pain. It's the ones who have suffered the most that end up showing care and kindness the most. It's the ones who have suffered loss who are able to show that kind of care for the lost. It's, it, it's those who have suffered heartache that are able to provide that type of comfort to other people. Corinthians tells us that that we are able to comfort others from the comfort that God has provided us in the midst of our own pain and suffering. Church, we are called to care just as God cares for us in the midst of our suffering. Be encouraged by that this morning, that your Father, your Heavenly Father, actually looks upon you in the midst of your suffering with compassion. He looks upon you and he desires to see you with no suffering. He doesn't doesn't look at you in the middle of your pain and think you deserve that. In the sense of where, ha ha. But he does look upon you with compassion. But he provides for every need in the middle of our suffering. And he uses it for our good and for his glory. So let's move on. I wasted weight. I didn't waste it, but I used a lot of time on point one. Number two, not only does God care for us in the midst of our suffering, but he uses our suffering to bless others. He uses our suffering to bless other people. Now, verse six, they were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. This is not the first time Paul has been referred to as a God. We've seen this. This is not the first time that people have looked at him and think there is something more powerful about this guy. But number two, God is using this opportunity that we're about to read about. This opportunity of Paul's suffering as he shipwrecked on the island of Malta his suffering to bless other people. Verse 7, Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island, named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, he healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Church, God used Paul's suffering, his shipwreck on the island of Malta. He's stranded. He's still imprisoned because the guards live, so they're still you know under guard rule right now. They're, they're 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 waiting to to still make their way to Rome. So he's still in the midst of his suffering, but God uses this opportunity. To bless other people. He uses Paul as he shipwrecked on the island of Malta to go and heal people of their sicknesses and their pain. Luke does not go into any detail here about whether or not Paul shared the gospel. But because you've walked with me through the book of Acts, you know, Paul never heals people without preaching the gospel to them. So Paul, even after being called a God, is going to let them know about the true God, the one and only God who sent his only son to be a blessing. Church, the son suffered so that we may be blessed with salvation. God used the suffering of his own son to redeem and purchase us. And if God is so willing to use the suffering of his own son to bless us, he's going to use our suffering to bless other people. You're like, what? That sounds evil. It's really not. You want to know what is a blessing? Is when you see somebody who is going through some type of maybe cancer or some type of suffering in which you know you wouldn't want it on yourself. But yet they are willing to use it as a testimony for the grace that God has given them. They want to use their suffering to share God's word. They want to use their suffering to share the love of Christ. They want to use their suffering to show how God has strengthened them in the darkest of days. Church, that's why we have people who share testimonies people who want to talk about what God's done for them because it's an encouragement to us. 2020 was hard. 2021 feels it was even harder. In (laughs) 2022, whatever, man. Aliens can come out of the sky and I'm not even going to be surprised now. But when 2022 was coming around, when 20 when when we were in the middle of it, and just I I dealt with a lot. Like I'm not I'm I'm not up here trying to you know like just like it's been. uh, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to have a pity party. I'm getting to my point. Me and a few pastor friends were getting together and talking about just how difficult pastoring in a pandemic has been. How hard you know wanting to go see people, but can't really go see people because you don't want to go spread stuff, and then dealing with going in, staying out, dealing with mandates. What do we do? One of my friends, I'm not going to share their name, was talking to me about how hard they had it at their church. And in the middle of that, they've actually transitioned to another church. And I was like, like just after him sharing with me all the stuff he was dealing with, I was encouraged because I was like, man, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not suffering in that way. But I see how God is sustaining him. And how God is using him. And how he is still being faithful to preach the word. Where this person who it seems like he's got it worse than I do. What I'm dealing with, God can sustain me as well. And strengthen me. Church, God is going to use our suffering to bless others. God uses Paul to bless others with healing and even uses Paul to share the gospel to the people of Malta. And more than likely, they just planted a church on Malta, an unreached people group. God reached them, how? Through the suffering of Paul. Church, God's going to bless others through our suffering. God's going to show others his faithfulness and his strength and his healing through our suffering. You are a walking billboard. You are a testimony of God's grace. Rest in that, but ultimately rest in the fact that Jesus Christ, through his suffering, blesses us. Because if Christ didn't suffer, he wouldn't be able to sympathize with us. If Christ didn't die, he wouldn't have been able to purchase us. Christ suffered so that we may be blessed. We will suffer so that we may be a blessing. Be encouraged by that. That God will use our suffering, not just for our good, but for the church's good. Thirdly. God uses other believers to give us courage in the midst of our suffering. God uses other believers to give us courage in the midst of our suffering. Verse 11. They've gotten on board the ship. The people of Malta have put on board whatever they needed. They've shown unusual kindness. They were a blessing. Paul was a blessing to them. Verse 11, after three months, they spent three months on the island of Malta. After three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Puteoli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Appius in three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, the brothers in Rome, on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Church, God uses other believers to give us courage in the midst of our suffering. Paul here receives courage by seeing believers in Rome. He even receives courage by seeing the believers in Puteoli. We don't know how believers got there. We don't know how believers got to Puteoli, but we're, we are encouraged by the fact that the, 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 the advancement of the church does not rest on us. The advancement of the gospel doesn't rest on us, but on God only. God is who brought believers to Puteoli. And now Paul is in Rome and is encouraged by the sight of brothers, believers, other Christians. Why? Church, I love Sunday morning worship. I love Wednesday night Bible study. I love any time I get together with church family. Why? There's an encouragement in knowing that we are suffering for the sake of Christ together. There's an encouragement of knowing of this camaraderie that we have. There's an encouragement in knowing that we all have suffered in similar and different areas to where we can be an encouragement to each other. So when Paul lays his eyes on the brothers in Rome, he's encouraged to know that as he has come to share the gospel in Rome, he's got people with him. Church, this is why a community of believers is so important. This is why being a part of a church family is so important. This is why gathering together is so important. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. How does God work within our suffering for our good and for his glory? By providing other brothers and sisters in Christ to suffer with us. To do life together. To pray for each other. To encourage one another. Yeah, we're going to have differences. We're uh, We're not going to agree on everything. man, we are all, as believers in Christ, saved under the same blood, united in the same Savior, part of the same church. And God is going to use each other to encourage us. It is an encouragement for me to come on Sunday mornings and be with you. It is an encouragement for me To be able to talk to you and do life with you. An encouragement for me to be able to pray with you. And to know that you are praying for me. We need each other. We are not to be envious of each other. We are not meant to be hostile to each other. We're not meant to judge each other. We're not meant to. we, We are called to love one another. And we are called to encourage each other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And church, let me tell you, whether Christ is coming back tomorrow or 20 years from now or 50 years from now or 100 years from now, every day is a day closer to it. Every day is a day that we're drawing nearer to the day when Christ comes back. So, what are we to do every day? Encourage each other all the more. Church, it is a. I don't know about you, but preaching through this book and then coming to verse 14 after dealing with several chapters of Paul eager to be in Rome. And then when we get to 14 and it says, And so we came to Rome. It's like, it just. We're there. We're finally there. We're in Rome. But even though this was a great celebration for Paul to be surrounded by brothers, Paul's not freed from his suffering in Rome. Paul is imprisoned here. He's in shackles here. He's chained up to a guard 24-7 here. It is in Rome that Paul writes most of his letters to the churches. It is even in Rome where Paul writes Philippians in the middle of his suffering, where he tells people to rejoice in the Lord always, to give thanks, and to trust that he will give and provide for our every need, and to not be anxious but to rest in the one who gives us peace with his presence. Paul's not out of suffering yet, but he's encouraged by the believers and the brothers in, in Rome. What does that show me? Encouragement does not come from a life free of suffering. Encouragement comes from being banded together with people who are on the same mission to share the gospel of Jesus Christ part of the same church. And when I mean the same church, I mean the universal church, brothers and sisters, to give all glory to God. That's encouragement. Knowing that I can trust in you and knowing that you can trust in me. That's encouragement. Knowing that I'm praying for you and knowing that you're praying for me. That is encouragement. So church, God works within our suffering for our good and his glory. May we trust in God. May we rest in that promise. May we rest in the promises that God has given us. That he is working within our suffering. No matter what you're dealing with this morning. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good. And gracious and merciful. Lord, I pray that you will bless us during this time. I pray, God, that you would help us as we seek to trust in you in the midst of our suffering, as you work it out for our good and for your glory. We're thankful that you care for us. We're thankful that you use our suffering to bless others. We're thankful for each other as we encourage each other in the midst of hard and trying days. So, God, use us as you see fit. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.